Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us here on Ask the Expert North Texas. I'm David Rankin. And I'm Kristen Diaz. So it's summertime. And what does that mean? Oh, with these triple digit temperatures, you definitely want to cool off some way, somehow. And aren't we lucky here in North Texas? A lot of folks either have pools of their own, pools at their communities, or even a lake nearby to go and, and get refreshed. We have uh, Dr. Gil Salazar, emergency physician with Parkland Hospital, joining us today. And Dr. Salazar, every time it gets to this time of year, Unfortunately, we hear tragedies around bodies of water. How do we make this year the safest yet? Hi, Kristen and David. Thanks for having me. Yes, in, indeed, it's uh, a fun time during summer, but also one of the, um, the busiest times for us in the hospital. And um, a lot of the tragedies that uh, we see during the summer really do revolve around bodies of water. So I think during the uh, interview today, I, I hope to kind of impart a few words of wisdom and some actionable things that we can do to stay safe. And I will say that the number one thing that um, we can start implementing today is, is water safety. The, the very basic things that we can do and we tend to neglect because they might present a little bit of a, an inconvenience bypassing some of these safety nets uh, is what uh, leads to tragedies often. Whenever we hear stories of people drowning, and it always seems to be in lakes, um, to question people whether they're doing something simple as wearing a life vest. When should you be wearing a life vest and when is it okay not to? The simple answer, David, for uh, lake safety specifically, in my humble opinion, life vests should be worn 100% of the time. Whether you are on a boat, which is a legal requirement, or out in the water, a life vest can be absolutely life-saving. And even uh, proficient swimmers can run into trouble in lakes. You know, they might strike a log that they can't see, get injured, or a small head injury, and all of a sudden they can't rescue themselves. A life vest can, however. It's uh, different between different types of water, whether you're going out to a lake where it's fresh water or salt water, you don't have that buoyancy at our lakes here. And so a lot of folks, why do you think that they, they feel overconfident or is it overconfidence when they jump into the water saying, well, I know how to swim, but it all, doesn't always end up being what they expect. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think there is a, a sense of uh, safety. I think uh, folks uh, drop their guard a little bit, maybe during a holiday, they may be at their most relaxed. And when you're at your most relaxed, um, I think you tend to want to bypass some of these safety 
measures. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, even uh, very proficient swimmers can run into trouble in bodies of water when they drop very safety uh, mechanisms. When they drop them, they can get into trouble. When you're, when you're by the shore and you can have your feet on the ground and you can possibly see the water, is that a safe time where you do not necessarily have to be wearing a life vest or some form of flotation device? That's a phenomenal question. My uh, rule of thumb is you better be able to see your feet and the water level better be at your ankles for you to even consider not wearing a safety device. If you are deeper than that, and especially if you can't see your feet or the water level is above your ankles, you should be wearing a safety device. Uh, the problem that uh, I have seen in lakes is, uh, you know, that drop off that can that can happen or there might be um, what I call holes uh, within within the lake deformities under that you can't see and all of a sudden you kind of get sucked down you step in, you might uh, really get into trouble by going under being submerged. And so I will say that whenever you're in, in water, it is advisable to be wearing a safety device, especially in children, if you're an absolutely uh, very shallow water just on the on the uh, little beach, uh, for lack of a better word, then I would say that it's safe to kind of bypass some of these very basic things. Can we talk about children specifically and the best types of floaties or life vest for them? Because I know when I was a kid, we had those bright orange floaties that it burned your skin trying to get your arm through them. Um, it, but you know, now it seems like these vests have really improved. Um, are they like car seats? Do they expire or do, are there certain standards for them? Uh, floaties uh, look nice and they uh, help kids uh, have a little more more fun, but they're not a safety device. A, an approved vest um, that is purchased, you're going to have to pay a little bit more for those. But uh, these approved vests are designed specifically to rescue an entire body uh, and to create buoyancy as opposed to a floaty where you might just have the arms floating. Um, the, these vests can degrade over time, especially if exposed to the elements. And so you want to be very careful, uh, not just with expiration dates, et cetera, but looking at the manufacturer recommendations for, for storage and maintenance. All too often, we're hearing stories about people that drown as they're trying to help someone else who's in trouble. What mistakes are people making when they're trying to do that? David, that's unfortunately one of the realities in, um, in these uh, tragedies is that uh, our human instinct is to go after a victim um, because we're human beings and we want to save them. Um, however, uh, it is far too often that we see a second victim um, who is not a proficient swimmer. And furthermore, they have no training in rescue of a person in trouble. So you may be a fairly good swimmer, but if you have no training on actually how to get somebody out of the water safely and get yourself out of the water safely, then that's when uh, you create uh, an additional problem. And it's just absolutely tragic. So Dr. Salazar, what should we do then if we shouldn't jump in? I mean, it, you don't want to have that overwhelming guilt that you didn't do anything. Absolutely. The number one thing to do is call for help immediately. There is no time to wait. If you suspect that there is trouble, um, a lot of times you're going to be trying to give it a little time. Maybe they'll pop up. And actually those precious minutes are uh, really time that the brain is not getting oxygen. So call for help immediately. 
Number one. Uh, number two, do not go after the victim unless you are a properly uh, trained rescuer and a proficient swimmer. If you don't have those two things, you can create uh, an additional problem for you and your family and additional victims. So uh, I will say also that the community really owes it to themselves to learn uh, CPR as well, because uh, if the victim does happen to be rescued uh, by EMS personnel, they'll take care of that. But often uh, somebody may rescue the patient or the patient might rescue themselves and they need some basic uh, first aid. Knowing CPR is a lifesaver. There has been an issue with swimming pools all over the country, really, as there is a shortage of lifeguards to go to some pools. Some pools have had to shut down. If you're swimming in a pool that has no lifeguard, talk about some safety that we need to do for that. The number one problem with pools, um, really all around uh, our communities and in the United States, uh, children primarily, um, I think it's very easy for us to have a kind of a sense of, um, of safety. We might be relaxed as well. We as parents have a tendency to not keep our eyes on kids. We might be on our phones or we may be consuming some, some drinks as well. Um, but it is a very small distraction, as little as one minute that can result in an absolutely disastrous situation. So I will say that children uh, represent kind of the biggest risk uh, when it comes to pools. So having a lifeguard is an absolutely necessary uh, form of um, of protection for us. If there is not a lifeguard, then at the very least, your pool needs to be equipped with a rescue uh, equipment uh, like a pole and a buoy that can be launched. And you as a, as a parent uh, should be very well versed in knowing how to use these and keep your eyes like a hawk on kids 100% of the time. It doesn't take too long for a child to drown. You know, it's um, it reminds me of when I was a kid and we lived in the swimming pool. You know, we were what we expected. We thought we were expert swimmers, but there was one time we had too many kids in the pool and we were all jumping in and we didn't realize who we were landing on top of when we were jumping in one by one and somebody landed on me and their knee straight to my back and knocked all of the wind out of me. And what do you do Im immediately? <gasps> And it was like, just all this water went straight into my, uh, into my lungs, my, my stomach, you know, consuming too much water, for example, uh, how, at what point does that make you sick or should you bring attention to this? Or is it really not that bad? You just need to take a little time out. Absolutely. There is a, um, the, the concept of swallowing water, it can get confused with the aspiration of water uh, into your windpipe, into your airways. So when you are submerged uh, and you're struggling and you're drowning, you are going to consume water. Uh, some of it is gonna go into your stomach, but uh, kind of the biggest danger is going to be uh, for water passage into your airways. And that is when um, you start getting into trouble. Oxygen can't get to where it needs to go. So the actual swallowing of water, some of it will go in your stomach, but biggest problem is going to be in your airways. The amount of water that you actually swallow, if you survive uh, one of these, is not going to create significant problems uh, in, in the stomach. That's going to pass through. Um, but the aspiration, that's what uh, gets folks in trouble. All too often, especially during the holidays, we're going to be hearing stories of people that are drinking alcohol and in some cases drinking a lot of alcohol. Then they go into the water. 
should there be some kind of designated boat driver as well on the lake as we have designated drivers at bars? Yes, 100%. Uh, alcohol not only uh, diminishes our motor capabilities, our, our brain functions differently. And so we react differently to emergencies. And you're absolutely right. When uh, we are uh, seeing folks in our community and these strategies, there is often alcohol involved. Uh, folks tend to take more risks. And if they run into trouble, they have less of a, of a response and that's when um, no matter how hard you try, um, folks in the community wind up uh, suffering these unimaginable uh, tragedies and alcohol is often involved. So yes, I'm a big advocate for having a designated uh, person who is going to be sober and is gonna uh, be able to uh, seek help and provide help as needed. Yeah, sometimes I think uh, for people who maybe unexperienced with boats, maybe they're renting it out for a holiday or a weekend outing. They think, oh, well, if I'm drinking, that's what I'm supposed to do on my pontoon and just relax. But when you're impaired, you can't see who's swimming in the water. You can't, you know, if you start driving that boat off and, you know, don't know how to, how to avoid maybe another boat, your, your, uh, perception of depth is different. Um, and you know, it's, uh, it's definitely something that, I think we don't talk often enough about. Um, I also wanted to know about just, you know, in general, what are some of the biggest uh, cases that you see in the emergency room when it comes to, uh, you know, swim safety and, and what do you really want our listeners to overall take away of maybe things that they can do at home to take care of themselves? Sure, absolutely. The, the biggest problem is that uh, we run into is the delay in recognizing that somebody is in trouble. Um, basically, they can't see them. So uh, your gut instinct is, I think there might be something wrong, but let's give it a little bit of a second, see if they pop up. If you don't see somebody that should be up and you can see them, you need to call for help immediately. Those seconds do count. That is oxygen. Uh, number two, you mentioned uh, boat safety. Um, boats do not function like a car. So if you're not an experienced boater, boaters are, this is an art. And so if you're not used to maneuvering a boat and knowing how they stop, I have seen a lot of boat trauma, not just boat crashes, but um, accidental um strikes on swimmers just because a boater has no experience and they get struck. Uh, then number three, the amount of um, uh, alcohol and, and drug-related incidents and, and water is way too high. So that combination is just uh, absolutely catastrophic. We need to be very responsible in our communities when we're going to go have some fun, which is great. We want to have some drinks. That's great. But combining that with swimming, that is more trouble than people realize. My final question is something about there's something that we always see in TV and movies that drowning or someone drowning is going to be making a lot of noise. Drowning's kind of a silent thing, isn't it? That's exactly right. In the initial phases, somebody may be able to uh, make a little bit of noise or splash around, but um, it doesn't uh, last very long. It's more of a silent uh, issue and just uh, the peaceful water will be your only indication that uh, the person is under and that something is not right. So yeah, let's be very careful with thinking that folks who are drowning are going to be letting us know and waving their arms around far from it. That is Dr. Gil Salazar. Thank you so much for your time today from Parkland Hospital. We appreciate the conversation.
You're welcome. Uh, Chris and David, could we redo the, uh, the portion on uh, when should folks, when is it safe not to do um, kind of life vest, et cetera? Oh, I think okay. I'd like to redo just that aspect. Like if you could ask me, when is it safe not to do that? I think I need to be more clear on when it is okay yeah. not to do it. Yeah, I remember the question. We were talking about the fact that when you're, when you're by the shore, and you can have your feet on the ground and you can possibly see the water. Is that a safe time where you do not necessarily have to be wearing a life vest or some form of flotation device? That's a phenomenal question. My uh, rule of thumb is you better be able to see your feet and the water level better be at your ankles for you to even consider not wearing a safety device. If you are deeper than that, and especially if you can't see your feet, or the water level is above your ankles, you should be wearing a safety device. Perfect. Doc, awesome. thank you so much for the time. You're welcome, guys. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to chime in real quick. Um, I know my audio was kind of messed up at the beginning, but I wanted to introduce Sandy. I know she kind of already introduced herself, but uh, she comes to us from Telemundo, and she's got a, a heavy background in reporting. Awesome. And she will, she will be, you'll see her on future correspondence and setting up interviews and sending media pitches. So Very yeah, cool. I don't want you to say anything or if you were able to, my audio is messed up. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Nice, nice, nice to meet you, Sandy. Nice to meet you guys. I mean, Chelsea basically said it all, but I'm really excited to be able to work with all of our media partners. That's awesome. good information. Out. Fabulous. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you, Chelsea. Bye, y'all. Thank you. Have a great weekend. You too. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 